It's the fifth Sunday of Lent, brothers and sisters, and this is the Word in the World. This weekend, I am proud to have with me in the mobile studio, Elizabeth Galco. Hi, Liz. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> Having a good time already, aren't yes, we? Yes, <laughs> very much so. Liz, why don't you tell the, uh, the listening audience a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, um, so I am a seventh-year Buckeye. I came to Ohio State for my undergraduate education mm-hmm. and came into contact with the Newman Center, and I've been here ever since. And now I am in optometry school mm-hmm. for my post-baccalaureate you know, education. Amen. Yeah, Amen. so uh, I absolutely love what I do. It's exactly where God has called me to be, um, and there's been so much fruit uh in my program and also just continuing to be a part of the Newman Center community here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, so. yeah. I think it's really quite wonderful how your professional life is bringing healing of the healing of sight to people physically. And yet your spiritual fervor brings healing of sight to people spiritually. Oh, yeah. Yes. Actually, uh, one of, uh, one of the other students here at the Newman Center after the gospel last Sunday uh-huh. said, you must have just loved that gospel last week, <laughs> didn't right, you? And I said, right. yes, I did. That was the healing of the man born blind. <laughs> yes. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should have thought actually about that. I could have actually had you on the show last week. Yeah. So thanks for being on the show. Uh, as uh, as all of our audience know, and as you know, I always ask my guests to choose the reading that mm-hmm. we would like to discuss. And you have chosen the gospel. I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you to read the gospel so that we'll know exactly what we're going to be talking about. All right. Go for it. So this is from the Gospel of John. The sisters of Lazarus sent word to Jesus saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness is not to end in death but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you asked of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise. Martha said, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. He became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd here, I have said this that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, 
Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, Untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what he had done began to believe in him. Beautifully read, because you're a very skilled lector. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So here we have this gospel, and, and, you know, as John is wont to do, the gospel of John is wont to do, it really brings this this really wholesome uh, event of evangelization forward. You know the the other thing about uh, about this is that it's one of the three landmark readings of of the cycle for of cycle for Lent, mm-hmm. and I like how for each of the readings, the woman at the well, the man born blind, and this one Lazarus being raised, raised from the dead, how Jesus's power of love extends beyond what is thought to be possible. Mm-hmm. You know, whether through uh, social mores and boundaries or through physical ailments. And here, you know, with, with the greatest of challenges through death, the whole piece about Martha's concern about Jesus's ability to raise Lazarus, considering the fact that he had been in the tomb for more than three days, would be... Um, would follow the Jewish belief that after, you know, within the three days that, that, that some sort of resurrection or miracle could happen, but mm-hmm. afterwards it would just be impossible. Right. And here is Jesus through his love because, you know, he, it, it says very clearly that he did love them. It, it, it works. So Liz, why did you choose this reading? I chose this reading because of Martha and Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, in each of the instances that we see them in the Gospels, uh, those moments of Scripture are very um poignant to me in my spiritual life, and I believe to a lot of others as well, as they contemplate um, Mary and Martha's relationship with Jesus and Lazarus's, but then also their own personal relationship with him. And the first time that we see Martha and Mary, uh, Martha is rebuked for her busyness and the mm-hmm. fact that she's not sitting at the Lord's feet like mm-hmm. Mary does. Uh, but in this in this gospel, uh, the, tide, the tides turn. You know, Martha is the one who goes out to greet Jesus and she makes this beautiful proclamation about him being the Christ, the son of God. Mm -hmm. And that is a witness of her faith. And then also a call for Mm -hmm. us to have the same witness in our own faith. And I also think it's really interesting how, um, you know, because John doesn't mince words. He, you know, he is very selective in what he says. And so the fact that he specifically says, but Mary sat at home. Mm-hmm. I was. I wanted to bring that question to you. You know, mm-hmm. why do you think he specifically said that? Because Mary does go out later after Martha returns and says, "You know, the Lord is here." Then she right. goes out. Right. So, do you have any insight? I think both of them were being very authentic to who they are. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Martha. When we first encountered, as you mentioned, Martha and Mary preparing for. Uh, a meal with Jesus, and of course Martha is a busy one running around getting all things done. Mm-hmm. Mary seems to be the one that's more intent on uh, creating that moment, if you will, that pastoral moment, and uh, and so um, attends to her guest more than to the details of things. We can relate that just very, very practically to the Type A and and mm-hmm. non Type A personalities, the go getters, and the and the ones who are more more passive, pa- passive in their assertions, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Or you can even say the introverts versus the extroverts. So uh, Martha is being very true to herself. She's the one that um, uh, wants the details. She's the one that is. Uh, she's in the particulars of the practicalities of things, and so. This figures right into her personality, where Mary is more contemplative. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and so perhaps her sitting at home is uh, is an allegory to her just taking some moments and not letting the drama of the situation move her, but rather taking some time to kind of think about what all this could mean and and and, and get herself prepared to respond as opposed to react. Yeah. And what we see here is a, is a nice way by which Jesus attends to both of them in our authenticity. That is a great point. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said what you said because one of the things that also struck me while reading this passage is that, you know, I think a lot of times we hear sermons where people say, don't be like Martha, be like oh, Mary. Yeah, yeah. But I think, I mean, look at what Martha's doing mm-hmm. now. And, exactly. And what you just said about the fact that each of them are being authentic and Jesus mm-hmm. approaches both of them in a unique way. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually a call for us to be, in some ways, like both of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we exactly. have a call to, We have a call to action, like Martha yes. is so good to do, but we also have a call to contemplate and to just be present mm-hmm. with the Lord, and mm-hmm. that is what Mary is so good at doing. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And to see that Jesus meets us at both places. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be certain things, of course, that, that emotionally rile us and cause us to, like I said, react to a situation without taking the time to really ponder on what those things mean, what those things could uh, have in store for us. We don't necessarily readily see the opportunities at hand or, or consider the ways in which the Lord might be working a good thing through this, through the drama of the situation because it's just so overwhelming and so in your face. And certainly losing a brother uh, is one of those dramatic moments that, that so emotionally high, it, it moves us to react right. necessarily. And so, you know, Jesus meets Martha where she is, but also meets Mary where she is. And, you know, Mary's just kind of wondering what, what does this all mean? Do you think uh, that when Jesus is asking Mary these, or I'm sorry, asking Martha these questions, mm-hmm. you know, in one aspect, he's revealing more of himself, mm-hmm. as you said. Mm-hmm. But now that we're talking about this, I'm wondering if also those were questions that needed to be asked of Martha. Oh, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think this is, um, I, I hesitate to speak on behalf of all biblical scholars because they're <laughs> going to go in so many different directions, and, and rightfully so, because this is such a dense reading mm-hmm. that, that highlights so many different things. But what does it mean for us to hear Jesus you know, reveal himself in a way that is amenable to the way in which we see life. You know, that it, that it doesn't have to be this single solitary way in which um, we have to move over to see Jesus. He meets us where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see that throughout, throughout the scriptures and, and also throughout the, uh, the, the post, post-crucifixion uh, appearances. The most notable one is, of course, Thomas the one who walked with Jesus and yet doubted when everybody said that he came back. Jesus met him in his doubtfulness and, and attended to all the questions that he had, all the, all the wonders and the suspicions and, and skepticisms that he had. He appeared to him where he was. And what does it say about God's love through Christ that he would not force us to be out of character, but have us to embrace more of who we are by meeting us where we are. There's a lot of freedom in that. A lot of mercy in that. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Freedom and mercy, two wonderful characteristics of our Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. What particularly do you feel this has to say to people today when when you think about what's happening here with the raising of Lazarus, with the conversation with Martha and Mary? As you said, there's a lot going on in this reading, that I think there are certain moments that can 
strike different people differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there will be people who resonate more with Martha and with Mary. Um, but then I also was struck by, uh, as I was reading the gospel earlier, where it said, where Jesus says, um, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. And that in that moment, it felt like a call to ask, to also make that same prayer mm. to the Lord. Mm. Like, okay, God, I whether I feel totally in sync with you or totally out of sync with you, no matter where I am in my prayer life, no matter where anybody is in their prayer life, you know, you always hear me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Are you a fan of Casting Crowns? Say more. The band Casting Crowns. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard them. Oh, they have a song uh-huh. um, that just recently came out. It's called One Step of What. It's One Step Away. Uh-huh. It's one of my favorite songs currently, uh-huh. and it's um, the message is that no matter how far you move away from the Lord, uh-huh. He was always one step behind you. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And that's yeah. so true. <laughs> I don't think that message gets as much press as perhaps the message of movements that we ourselves have to do right uh so i think you're spot on with all of that Mm -hmm. is understanding that the lord is more attentive to us than perhaps we are of him and even in that reality um it is always just you know a phone call or a prayer away just a prayer in the the gospel (laughs) tradition we always had just a prayer away that was our uh, that was our song that related to that oh. <laughs> I would like to hear that and I, and I would like to hear the Casting Crown song so I'm going to look it up yes you should <laughs> Check it out. and I'll send you I'll send you a link to the uh, to the Just a Prayer Way sounds perfect <laughs> I, um, I I think the great consolation of this reading in addition to the fact that Jesus' love overcomes even death itself is as you say um, this goes back to the whole notion of the lost sheep mm-hmm. uh, scripture and the woman with the lost coin, that it is the woman that goes searching for the coin that lights a lamp and looks under the sofa and everything. And this is how God pursues us. And mm-hmm. So this is the, if you will, the pursuit of the Lord for us is that there's such an eagerness for a, um, a relationship that's on behalf of God, that that is uh, that is. Uh, propelled and and fostered by by God Himself, mm-hmm. uh, that is not just us. And this is you know this is one of the things that I was made aware of with my vocational call. Mm-hmm. You know that that God would reach out and, and touch me in this particular way and ask me to to listen to His request to do the the priesthood thing with my life. And I ran ran <laughs> for sixteen years and figured. I'll evoke him and uh, I'll evade him and I will figure out something else to do. I'll, you know, make a lot of money and donate it to the church. I will be one of the most stalwart ministers in my faith community. Uh, Everybody will know that they can count on me. And that's the way that I will I will do it. And yet the Lord wanted more. Mm -hmm. And and he was the one he was the one that uh, that kept pursuing me. It wasn't me asking, quite honestly, I never asked. <laughs> I never asked. I, I never one time asked the Lord, what shall I do? But he was the one that pursued me mm-hmm. and said, do this, do this. 
And then it just became um, not just a compelling uh, a touch, if you will, through that vocational call, but an inspiring one. Because behind that message was the assurances of fulfillment. And that was what I was truly looking for. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting how that, that call, that touch, that reach out that the Lord did was packaged with the very thing that I was looking for, but for whatever reason, did not ask for it. And I think this is a, this, this reading uh, points to that just as well, mm-hmm. you know, with the ways in which he, he reaches out to Martha and to Mary. Yeah. Um, and not, not standing on high, uh, even though Martha does run out to greet him, not mm-hmm. standing on high, uh, you know, as, as some uh, exalted figure, which of course he is and could really do, mm-hmm. but didn't do, didn't do. He, he, he met Martha where she was just as, just as eagerly. So speaking of pursuit, yes. um, one thing I didn't you know, share to our listeners is that I'm involved with RCIA here mm-hmm. at the Newman Center for mm-hmm. those who are choosing to enter the Catholic Church at the yeah. Easter Vigil. Yeah, and so and, RCIA, just for clarity, is right of Christian initiation for adults. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> I should have clarified that myself. Um, and for those who don't know, this weekend is actually the third and the final scrutiny for those members who are called the elect, those mm-hmm. who will receive um, all three sacraments of initiation, baptism, Eucharist, and confirmation at the Easter Vigil. Uh, so why this gospel for the final scrutiny? Because yes. no matter what year we are in the right. liturgical cycle, we always have this gospel right. for right. the third scrutiny. Why? So the the scrutinies are the opportunities. It, it's a... It's a it's, not used, the word scrutiny, sorry, is not used in the same way that we would understand it from mm-hmm. a pedestrian sense. It is an examination, but it's more of a, if you will, a, a spiritual injection of the understanding of Christ uh, on the journey of those who are seeking him. Mm-hmm. So this becomes a, a very pivotal moment when you understand Christ from a, from a, um, a very high theological construct but also from a very practical place, and so mm-hmm. it, it has a it has a double uh, a double reach, if you will, from a theological place. The three readings: the woman at the well, the man born blind, and raising Lazarus, uh, convey a particular reality, a a faith structured reality of Christ, um, and it, and is and is a uh, meaning for us, and is uh, meaningfulness for us. So the first one for the woman at the well is Christ the Redeemer. He who can redeem us from all sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, he whose mercy never fails. The second is Christ, the light of the world. He who who sheds light upon our blindness so that we may see his glory and understand his glory more broadly in our life. For this reading is Christ, the resurrection and the life. Mm-hmm. The one who uh, who saves us from even death itself and brings us to life eternal. So that's, yeah, that's kind of where this has come from, which is why, you know, we have uh, at the end of this reading that resurrection and life discourse Mm -hmm. as part of it. So that's the theological meaning. The practical meaning really comes in looking at how Christ uh, approaches each of these characters Mm -hmm. and what the what the moment is, what what's their story merged in with Christ's story Mm -hmm. to understand I mean, and it goes back to that, that, that same theme. Do we know how much Christ loves us? Do we know that? Is this some, or, or are we still under some precept that we have to, we have to deserve his love? We have to, we have to earn it. 
this is this is debunking all of that. You know, with the with the situation with the woman at the well, it, it bypasses all cultural understandings of, of the differences of people. It goes beyond gender differences. It crosses so many fences and so many things that would be considered not uh, not just um, unsanctioned but illegal in certain circumstances, and and says that love surpasses even that. And so this is the love by which we were reached. Mm-hmm. And then the two-edged sword of the challenge is this is the love by which we reach others, mm-hmm. okay? Or with which we reach others. Um, for the man born blind, all of the things that, that prevent us from actually seeing the ways in which love is a restorative and, and healing presence in our lives, uh, allowing that to happen and to understand that our past, our lineage, nothing, uh, nothing takes us away from that love. In fact, if we make ourselves available to it, like the, blind, like the man born blind did with Jesus, then we, under, then we can find ourselves made whole. We can find ourselves made whole, and our very lives give testimony to the very power of God because we said yes to the seemingly impossible love that he shares upon us. And then with the raising of Lazarus, what do we need to die to in order to receive the love of Christ more fully in our lives? So, and again, very dense readings. So I'm only giving you like a little portion. <laughs> does that help? It does. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, um, this moment for the elect and the, mm-hmm. these truths that you're speaking of, um, you know, it's, it's not just a call for them, mm-hmm. but it's a call for all of us. That's correct. And so um, can you share, you know, cause I do know, in the masses, the elect kneel yes. and you ask them questions yes. and they're praying and their sponsors are praying with them. Yes. And the rest of our congregation is praying with them. Yes. Can you share those questions that maybe people can take into this next week and reflect upon? So I, I will say that while I don't know them uh, verbatim, I'm going to actually take this from what my associate pastor told me mm-hmm. when I was receiving this third scrutiny. What has killed you? What has killed you? And, and, and that's a very, it's a very sharp and acerbic way of kind of looking at the way in which we've gone about life. What has, and, and what he meant by that is, what has given you the wherewithal to say that God can't do it? Okay. Mm-hmm. What experiences have we had? What incorporation of knowledge have we uh, integrated into our being? What circumstances of society, life, work, school, family, history has, uh, has, held, has had us come to this conclusion that God cannot do that? And basically, what, it, what has killed us and, and created that almost certitude, or a certitude, if you will, about uh, the limits on, God's, on, the, on the power of God's love in our lives. And uh, that's what we need to die to. That's what we need to die to. It may not work out in the way that we want, but does God's love have a role in even this plan or this event that, that faces us now? Or have we just dismissed God's power because we know best? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the big challenge of this reading. That's the big challenge. And that's the challenge that's going to be given to the candidates. Mm-hmm. Is you know where, where have you not let God's infinite power of love actually work yeah that's a very powerful Mm -hmm. and beautiful 
thought to ponder. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny, too, because the entire time we've been speaking, we've been talking about Mary and Martha. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, what about Lazarus? Exactly. <laughs> kind of hard to identify with Lazarus, you know, as he's dead in the tomb. But yeah. what has killed us in yeah. our lives? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I like the, the line about Jesus weeping because mm-hmm. I, I wonder, of course, we have the emotional reality of losing someone that we love. But what is Jesus' response when we have closed the door on even making ourselves amenable to the love that, that Christ wants to give to us? You know, because we feel that we know better, you know? And, and what's, what's his response in, in those circumstances? I imagine that to be very sad because I myself know that when I want to offer love to someone who refuses it because they feel they know my love better than I do, uh, yeah, I, I know what my response is. It's, 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 a, it's very sad. I mean, it's, it's intensely sad in certain circumstances. Parents will know this when, they have, when they're rejected by their children. Friends will know this when they you know, find the end of a friendship that they themselves have, have loved. You know, um, couples, of course, will know this very intimately when it seems that their relationship is over uh, because of one's desire to get out of it and another's desire to stay. So it's 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 very relatable. It's very relatable. I certainly agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we could probably talk more on this all day, but we got to <laughs> move on. Do you have a particular challenge that you'd like to? offer to our readers, or our readers, my goodness gracious, our <laughs> listeners today? Um, I think I do, and I think there are three parts to it based on our conversations. Okay. Um, I think there is a call to contemplation, mm-hmm. like we see with Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, so I want to challenge people to, you know, if you don't often spend time in your prayer just sitting in silence mm-hmm. and listening to the Lord, um, I want to challenge people to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe in that time, there's a call to connect with Lazarus and Mm. reflect upon, you know, is there anything in my life that is killing me? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. also that question that you brought forward earlier, do I truly know how much God loves me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how much he's willing to do for me? And um, so that's part two. And then Mm -hmm. I think um, part three is a, call to action, mm-hmm. uh, like we see with Martha, that, you know, this this message of love is not just for ourselves, but it's to be shared. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a way for our listeners to, you know, connect with a family member mm-hmm. and be able to have, you know, some, it's really hard to talk to family sometimes about faith, depending mm-hmm. on your, you know, how you grew up and what your family's prayer life was like. But, mm-hmm. you know, I want our listeners to be bold Mm. in, you know, not being afraid to talk about that unconditional love of God with their family, with coworkers, if it's appropriate, with friends or with a spouse or a significant Mm. other. um, I'm going to add just one more person in there with themselves. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. So I hope those three parts aren't too much of a tall order for the next week. Well, but. we'll we'll have the listeners kind of use their own wisdom about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. Wonderful challenge. Amen. Amen. And then let's move on to prayer, if we could. What's your mm-hmm. favorite way to pray these days? Trying to listen to the Lord's voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I, I've been involving myself in this more holistic understanding of prayer when I when I have that moment in the morning after I've just said thank you for a new day. I have all of my my parts of myself check in. So mm-hmm. my mind check in, my heart check in, my body check in, my spirit check in, and uh, see what what we would ask. Well, not just ask, but why we would praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Lately, it hasn't been an asking thing. It's been a, you know, here I am, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that sort of thing, which I like. Mm-hmm. I really like. Um, anyone you'd like to pray for today? Uh, I would like to pray for all of those people who are feeling in desolation, who are, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like life is weighing them down. I know that's not a specific, you know, person no. I can mention by no, name. No, I think but, that's great. Yeah. That's great. I have a but. group myself, uh, one that you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. all of those who are in our CIA, mm-hmm. all the candidates and catechumens who will receive their third scrutiny this weekend. Uh, we'd like to pray for you as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree. I agree. Anyone that is in, in need of God's love in a, in a hope-filled and light-filled way. Absolutely. So for the season of Lent, we've been doing an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be. Want to do that? Sure. All right. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Well, Liz, thank you so very much for coming to the show. I hope you've had a good time. I certainly have had a good time. (laughs) Starting and ending with laughter. Amen. (laughs) That's exactly right. I love that. that. (laughs) Well, blessings on your continued uh, studies and your uh, development of your professional and your spiritual uh, uh, merge into your career. Mm -hmm. May you be a blessing to all people that you serve. And bless you for all that you do, Father Stephen. Thank you. Praise God for the... All that's come from your yes of Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, really. Sisters and brothers, we will be back next week with a new show. In the meantime, have a blessed week, and we'll see you next week at 9.30 in the morning on AM 920 WMNI.